welcome again to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. Today, we have as our guest, Miss, uh, let me hear her, got her name there. I will put it away. Georgia Humano, who is an author, a published author, and has won, won some rewards. That's fantastic, I think, saying that. Was that your first book? Thank you. Yes, my first novel. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, congratulations. Um, and then we'll take it, just run it off. From there, uh, I want to thank that. Uh, oh, sorry, I want to get to the dogs first. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, your book is entitled, uh, let's see, Terriers in the Jungle. Yeah, that's right. And you, and you won a first prize? Yes, I won is, several first prizes and second prizes. Whoops. Wow. Well, on yeah, screen here. Yeah. yeah. Terriers yeah. in the Jungle. Yeah, uh -huh. see, there's. There's my two dogs, and that there's an elephant. It takes place in Kenya, most of it. Interesting. And they, it's based on it, uh, based on real life situation where I did go to Kenya for two years to help elephants, <clears throat> and I brought my dogs, my little dogs, and Roxy and Romeo. And uh, I, I realized when I was there for a while, they're having their own adventures and realizations. And so I started writing them down because <clears throat> I'm very close with my dogs. I think I, I know what they're thinking a lot of times. So I just um, started writing little stories and then it developed into a novel when I finished writing it after we got back. <clears throat> and um, yeah, and I, and it started winning awards right away. So I was very happy, of course. And now I've written the screenplay. And um, it was selected by the Beverly Hills uh, Film Festival recently as an official selection. And it's being looked at by some producers, although right now we're in the middle of a writer's strike. So there's not, nothing can move forward, but I'm very hopeful about it becoming a movie. Whoops, sorry. I, I, I lost the sound, John. Can't hear you. Hello? Oh, there you go. Okay. Okay. Yes, what, went off. Which dog is which? Uh, I see their picture. Yeah, this is um, Romeo is on the corner here, and this right. is Roxy, little Roxy. Yeah. Okay. Roxy and Romeo. Yeah, I call him Rock and I call him Rock and Row. Roxy and. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I had a dog like that once upon a time. Oh, really? Like which one? Roxy or uh, Romeo? Romeo. Uh-huh. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, I believe the breed of that dog is it's Fox Terrier. You know, uh, Romeo and Roxy both, they, they were rescue dogs. They were street dogs. And mm -hmm. uh, Romeo actually had uh, broken legs when he was rescued. And um, he has steel plates in his legs now. So he's a bionic really? dog. <laughs> but I never had his breed tested. Um, I do believe he's, I know he's a terrier and um, maybe a mixture. He might have a little bit of Chihuahua in him, but no. he looks a lot like a, a fox terrier and a rat terrier. It, 
It's wow. a fox terrier. Yeah. Okay. Take it from me. All right. <laughs> well, he's a great dog. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have such personality. Uh, oh, terriers. yes. He All is. Terriers. Let me see, see what else I've got here. Let's see. You've got some new release updates coming. Is that on the book or is that the, another well, film? That, that's or the film. The film is, uh, like I said, it's it's being looked at. I, I, I've had it evaluated and I'm getting uh, good reviews from people. And that and, and also, um, you know, I, I'm asking for consultations and getting hints of how to make it stronger even than it is. And mm -hmm. because, you know, it's, it's based on the book, but when it's a movie, it has to have more action all the time. You know, right. like in the mm -hmm. book, you can sort of talk about what they're feeling and going back and forth. But in the story in the, on the screen, you have to see something all the time. And I've actually turned it into a musical. So it's going to be the first really? doggy, the first doggy musical. <laughs> <laughs> that's well it's better than hurting cats right <laughs> <laughs> that's a remarkable uh uh goal you have there I'm, I'm surprised but then you've accomplished a lot thank you well i've always um loved dogs and uh but i also always have been in uh involved with uh, acting and comedy and uh, writing. So then I, when I got my first dog, who was a Jack Russell Terrier, I completely uh, opened up my heart to all animals more and more than it was. And I became a big elephant advocate after a short time. <clears throat> and, and then I started being a journalist for elephants and writing about them and going to Africa to write about them and talk to conservationists. And I I became, you know, I, I led meetings, I led uh, marches, and I spoke, and I became a, a big advocate for elephants. And so that's why I wanted to move to Kenya to see what else I could do. And so the elephants are a big part of the story also. Now, are you thinking again to in uh, Africa, Kenya, again, that area? Oh, yes, I will. Actually, um I'm hoping that we can shoot part of the film in Africa because it takes place. A lot of it takes place in Africa. And I, um, I, since I'm an actor too, when I was there, I joined the Kenya actors guild and the writers guild. So right. I know some people there and I'm, I was just, you know, actually just having lots of new thoughts about the production and I would love to actually have it produced in, in Kenya and go over there and use some real Kenyan actors because they're trying to get their film industry built up too. Right. So um, that's all exciting. But besides that, um, when I lived there, I was trying to find a way to help elephants. And I ended up uh, getting a job uh, working with these uh, destitute young mothers, uh, of which there are a lot of young girls who get have babies and they didn't finish school and then they have nowhere to go. And um, so I was working at a rescue group and I found out that they knew nothing about elephants or any of the animals that even though they lived in this like nature paradise, they were very uh, unaware. Nobody had opened their eyes to just learning about it. So um, that's what I spent my whole time teaching them about it. And then 
Also in Kenya, which I, I love Kenya because it's one of the few countries that still does, uh, that does not allow trophy hunting and poaching in their country, but they still have problems um, because there's such a growing population that there's clashes with the wildlife. And so what they call is um, elephant human wildlife uh, conflict or animal wildlife conflict. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of that happening right outside the big national parks because you know, there's a lot of animals in the park, but there's no fences on the park. So when they sometimes they go outside and now people are building farms on these lands where the elephants have traveled for thousands of years. But when they go there now, all of a sudden there's a farm and there's crops and there's trees and they eat <laughs> and then they are considered pests and they get uh -huh. shot. Um, really? So my goal it, yeah, my goal is my project is called Elephant Matriarch Project because I discovered when I'm working with the girls, <clears throat> I taught them about the elephants and how the the strong mother elephant, the matriarch, is the leader of the herd. And I told mm -hmm. them they were going to become matriarchs and go back to their communities. And they very resonated with that message. So now we're going to, we have gotten some land right outside the park. And we're going to start a whole conservation education center there that's geared to the community, but especially to the young mothers and their kids right. and training right. them to become experts in um, wildlife and they can get jobs in that field too. Right. Have the uh, local authorities uh, uh, supported that? Yes. Okay. One of, I have two partners. They're both Kenyans. One of them has gotten the land for us. The other one is involved with the government and schools. And he's there in the process of getting uh, a permit. It's called a CBO, a uh, community-based organization. It's going to be, right. we're going to make the land a community-based organization. And as soon as I get my 501c3 from, the from our government, which should be pretty soon, I'm going to start fundraising to build a structures and have different programs there. Well, that's, uh, that's quite, uh, quite a goal you have there. Uh, Thank and you. I, all I can do and, and all my listeners can, can uh, think highly of you and, and encourage you to continue. Thank you. Uh, that's really something. Well, it's, if you just do what you love, it can lead you different things, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what I have here. Um, there's a school, the Elephant Matriarch School. Is that? Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to call it at first, but now it's it's called the project because it's really for the whole community. I mean, it's uh -huh. focused on the girls, but it's for everybody. It's a community based organization because all the people that live there need this type of education and they need to learn why they shouldn't kill wildlife. Even elephants, hmm. especially elephants, elephants, mm. you know, elephants, the are, ivory. Have you ever been over to, uh, they don't kill them for the ivory. They kill them because they ate their crops. Oh, really? Wow. But I, not to say that occasionally poachers sneak in there and they do that. And 
you know, 10 years ago, it was horrible. They had poaching in Kenya, but they were able to clear it up in a few years. Unlike most of the Southern uh, countries in Africa, they still have a great deal of poaching. And I don't know if you're aware that 55 elephants per day are killed every single day. And that's not going to leave us with any elephants if that continues. Well, um, let me ask you this, Uh, not knowing much about Kenya, is there a particular language there? Yes, Swahili, but they also speak English. English is the official language along with Swahili. But besides that, there are over 40 different tribes in Africa, in Kenya, and they all have their own language also. So that was one of the other things you picked up on this. But I noticed when I was there that if I was on one side of the country and they're having the same kind of problems with the animals as they are on the other side. But if somebody finds a solution on one side, the other side doesn't find out about it because the communication isn't good. So um, we want to build up a strong program so that and there are other people, a couple other people right now in Kenya who are trying to do the similar things, but there needs to be a lot more done. Well, it sounds like it. Uh, there's a lot to do. Can you take, take care of all of that from the, the States or, or when no. you arrive there? Uh, well, I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to go there, you know, occasionally. I, I'm probably not going to stay there uh but mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty, since I've actually been in the country nine times and one time for two years. So I'm very familiar and I have, my partners are good. So we have meetings and I always am introducing them to other people I met from other parts of the country. And now I've got people from different parts of the country who are really interested in the project and they're going to come together. And I find that to be very exciting too. That's good. That's good. Um do people request orphaned elephants? Request? What do you mean? Uh, they want to maybe um, adopt a, an elephant. Uh, okay. No, no, that's not. Um, what, what they do have is they do have the biggest elephant rescue group uh, there who does adopt, who, who saves, they save baby elephants when their mother has been c- killed or dies in a drought or something, they get lost. They, they take them in and they have caretakers and they have a whole setup and they, they help them to raise them and get them over their trauma. And then they go teach them to go out and forage. They give them milk they, then they have a whole nursery with babies. They learn from each other. And then eventually they go out to more remote places and they start to become on their journey to going back into the wild. But it takes many years. But that's what we mean when we say adopt a baby elephant. Now, if you this, this organization thrives by people so-called adopting a baby elephant, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean you take it home. It means that you you pay, you, you can adopt a baby elephant for like $50 a year, and you will receive all kinds of wonderful videos and information every month, pictures, and you will be helping 
an elephant to survive and go back into the wild. And it's become globally very popular. The first time I went to Kenya, 2010, mm-hmm. not that many people knew about it. And I was, I was always posting about it on Facebook. And today, so many people from all over the world, are they have thousands and thousands of supporters, which is they need because they're always rescuing more animals. So um, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful organization. It's called Sheldrick Wildlife Trust. And it was started by Daphne Sheldrick, um, and who has uh, passed on but about um, eight years ago. But her daughter is now taking care of everything and her whole family. And uh, it's a wonderful organization. And uh, that's what we mean by adopting an elephant. We don't, taking an elephant for your personal use or in a circus or a zoo is very bad for the elephant, no matter what they tell you. Um, The elephants do not uh, live happily in zoos. They die young in zoos. They get arthritis from standing so long. They're used to being in herds with their kind. They communicate with each other. They walk hundreds of miles every day. There's no way that you can have a happy captive elephant. That's that's another. (laughs) It's it's quite impressive for that. if you were involved, I'm looking here, Georgia experienced a vivid past life regression. Yes. <laughs> when, when you were a young child. No, well, actually, it's, I used to have a recurring dream uh, that I was running through a jungle when I was a, a, a small and I, I felt happy and free and I was just running, but I don't know. I never knew what that was about. And then about when I was in my thirties, um, I think um, I had uh, an, an injury and I went to, uh, I, 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 and it was treated, but it wouldn't go away. So the, the pain So somebody told me about this hypnosis guy who did body work. So I, I went and he helped me to get rid of the pain. So I went back to him a second time and I wanted to talk about some other problem. And he said, okay, we're going to go back in time to the time when you first, uh, this happened. So he, he says, so he got me sitting I was just sitting in the chair, very relaxed. And he says, okay, you're going to go relax and I'm going to take you down. And then, he says, I'm going to take you back in time. And when we reach the time when this, this thing first happened, your little pinky will pop up. He says, you don't have to make it pop up. It'll just happen. So I said, okay. So he took me back in time through my 30s, 20, 29, 28, teens, nothing happened. Took me back to my childhood, nine, eight, seven, nothing. And he got down three, two, one. Then he said, zero. When he said zero, my pinky popped up and I had the most vivid um, experience right there in the room. I felt like um, I, I, my mother had been shot by a trophy hunter. And I don't know how I knew, but it was a trophy hunter. I was very young. I was running through the jungle. And then I got saved by a herd of elephants. And it was happening like, right. and this was way before I got involved with animals, way before. I mean, it was, it was just crazy. I didn't know where it was coming from, but it was extremely strong and vivid. 
So later, years later, when I got involved with animals and elephants and I went to Africa, I remembered that. And so everywhere I went, I was kind of looking to see if I could see a place that looked like what it looked like in my vision, the the, the jungly part. And I didn't see it for a few, but the one time I went, we went to a different place and I saw it and I said, this is the place. And so while I was there, I just did a lot of kind of meditating and, you know, trying to just figure things out, just go inside. And what came to me was that I don't, I don't think I was a child when that happened to me because elephants don't take care of children. I think that my, and and why was my mother shot by a trophy hunter? A trophy hunter wouldn't necessarily shoot a woman. So I I came to the conclusion that I think I was an elephant uh, in my past life. And then my, because an elephant, a baby elephant, if it found a herd of elephants, especially if those elephants were related to it, they knew the mother, they would raise the child. And that's what happened in my vision. So I don't know, you know, it's crazy, but that's, that happened to me. (laughs) Well, I don't think it's crazy. Um, I think all those animals once upon a time raised Tarzan. Could be. (laughs) Could be. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're Tarzan though. No, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe an elephant, but (laughs) Um, I don't know. I love elephant uh, animals, especially elephants and dogs. But, um, you know, their animals are so smart and they're so aware and that, you know, they have qualities that we don't have that we mm-hmm. good qualities, you know. So um, I just it breaks my heart when I see animals being killed or abused in any way. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I don't I really can't speak for the laws there in terms of what they can or cannot do. I assume an elephant is free game. Is that type of what I'm hearing? Oh, no, 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 no. It's against the law, of course. You can't kill an elephant. That's what oh, that's they're, good. even when they're shooting them in the South Africa, it's, they sort of let it get, they let them get away with it. But, you know, nobody, every, it's all, because it's all, you know, like you said, the tusks, they still can make a lot of money on the ivory. So people are very poor. That's the other part of it is, you know, and it's not the poor people who go and kill the elephants. They don't even make that much money. It's like, it all goes to the kingpins. Who right, organize sure. the whole thing. That's how it is. Uh, you've got quite a, quite an effort going on with uh, what you're doing there. The nonprofit, are you going to be seeking uh, uh, interest, interested people? Uh, yes, yes, I will. I, uh, I, I will. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll need to raise some money to, to build, help build the buildings and get the people there to right. do what, you know, to carry it out. Um, I've never done that before. I, I've, I mean, I've had small groups and small fundraisers, but this is a bigger project. So it's it's going to be, uh, you know, I don't know how challenging it's going to be. I'll just have to try and see what happens. <laughs> well, they have those, uh, and I don't really pay that much to them. They'll have something like Fund Me. Oh, and, yeah, uh, Go Fund Me. Uh, and, yeah. 
GoFundMe. Yeah, those kind of things. Yeah, that's right. They do. Uh-huh. I'll have to look into those too. I was thinking about having some local fundraisers here in, in LA. I live in Los Angeles. So, you know, I, I actually, I went to a fundraiser uh, not that long ago. It was really fun. It was uh, like at this little club that was like a dine and dance and you paid money to get in and then you paid money for the meal, but they had a band and they had a dance floor. And um, a friend of mine was the head of the band. So he said he would play because I'm going to look into having a party there too, maybe in a few months. So we'll see. And, but I mean, other things too, I have to find ways uh, to raise the money because the more money we raise, the better it will be for the organization. Of course. And uh, that's, you're you're not undertaking an easy uh, goal, but I think you'll do it. I think you'll get it done. Thank you. Uh, I hope so. (laughs) Well, I get I get certain feelings, thoughts, so forth that that come to me. Thank you. Beyond beyond myself, but with what you've done so far, I don't see why it's not going to you're going to continue. Well, yes, from your mouth, you know, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So we'll see. Well, but, well, let me ask you this. But, but My, if the movie gets made, if the movie gets made, which I'm, I, that's what I'm focusing on now, is right. putting my my project, my movie project forward, and that of course would bring in some good money too if it sure. happened, and I that's could right. put it right into there. Um, I'm also uh, the other thing. I'm. It was suggested to me, and I, I but I had I don't have the bandwidth to to really deal with it right now, but. Um, I, I know somebody who thinks we should make a documentary about ma- the making of the Elephant Matriarch project, which is, um, you know, which would be an interesting project, too. So maybe at, at some point, by Meet the Right People, we'll also do that documentary. That's good. That's good. And the force be with you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me... Uh... Uh, let's see. Now, where can the, my audience find your books? Oh, uh, well, it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, I guess some bookstores might have it. I really don't know, but uh, uh-huh. it's um, you know, t- I'll put it. I'll hold it up again. Terriers in the jungle, and yeah, it's also I'll show you it. Well, I don't know if you could see this picture that's hanging behind me there. It's kind of hard to see in the background. I can see it. I can see yeah. it. Well, that artist is also one of the illustrators of my book. He made that. And I have lots of illustrations from Kenyan artists in the book. And um, a lot of them are based on photos that I took when I was actually there. But um, here's, let me say this one. I'm trying to see if there's one that would stand out that you might be able to see through the video. Well, this one, I don't know if you could see the three dogs running on the yeah, beach. Yeah, we can see that. Yeah, we yeah. can see that. This is, uh, that's, Rox- that's Roxy and Romeo. And this is Amigo. Amigo is what's called a Kenyan beach dog. And this is the most independent dog I ever met. He, he was being cared for. At, we rented an apartment that was right close to the beach when we lived in uh, southern Kenya. And um, he... Um, we met this dog 
And he was a great dog, but he was very independent. He didn't, his owner, the, who, who was his owner, was actually the landlord of the complex, but he didn't live there. So it was up to the people who worked there to feed him, take care of him. But um, Amigo, <laughs> he was very independent. So they had a, a gate to get in and out of the door. So he would learn, he learned how to get in and out of the gate when he wasn't uh -huh. supposed to. And he would take himself down to the beach, jump in the water, swim around, roll in the sand, and then come back whenever he felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> he was a great dog. So they made friends with him, Roxy and Romeo. And, That's good. Uh, yeah. That's but the great. most dogs there do not have a good life because uh, there's a lot of rabies and yes. a lot of people. Uh, don't get the rabies shots and the, they right. you know there's a lot of poverty it's a lot of it goes back to poverty and um right. the and there were hardly any small dogs when we were when i was there with my dogs they were stars it's like everybody would come to me oh let me see those dogs oh them give me one they, that's the other thing they would say give me one <laughs> i say well, why should I give you one? They say, because you have two. <laughs> or when we went to Nairobi, I'd be walking and there's nobody else walking any dogs around, but they have big dogs that are guarding the house. And I most see. of them, they stay in cages all day and they just throw them scraps. They don't have a good life. But when I was there with my little dogs, people would stop their cars and say, how much do you want for them? Really? They're not for sale. He says, uh, well, how, he says, I want to buy their babies. And uh, I said, no, they're my pets. I, they don't have any babies. So um, they would, they said, you said, you mean you're just parading them around and you're not selling them or anything? Yeah. That just <laughs> <laughs> what an unusual thing to do. You know, it's not, but it, they must think it yeah. is. <laughs> well, I want to thank Oh, sorry. I was going to thank uh, you. Is our time up? I had another little story, but it's okay. You can have 30 seconds. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> well, I was just going to tell you one way that Roxy and Romeo affected the culture, that we had a driver there who would drive us around, and he thought they were cute. And then he, his little boy found a dog and wanted to bring him home. And they didn't, they didn't know, but because he got to know Roxy and Romeo, he said they would try it. But then they really loved the dog. And then when they went on vacation, they took the dog with them across the country to their tribal area. And everybody thought they were nuts coming with a dog because that's what they just don't regard dogs the way we do. But he said, but after two weeks, they all wanted to have themselves an indoor dog. <laughs> way to go. You yeah. might have started something different. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for putting us on the show. It was, this was very educational. Thank you. Um, Thank you. It's fine. Lots of it. People should know about this. And I hope that they buy a bunch of your books from people that sell Thank them. You. I hope so, too. Terriers in the Jungle. And it has a lot of anecdotes that are similar. I mean, a lot of the things in the book actually are based on real things that really happen. And some of them are expanded for the sake of the story, you know. Yeah. yeah. You'll recognize if you listen to me a lot of those things that are sort of in the book. So, Well, I hope so. And um, I think that um, my listeners are going to have an interest in this, searching for integrity. Thank you. Uh, That's a so nice long. name. 
Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so long and happy trails to all.